this morning as we look at this section of Scripture, I pray that every single person here know that freedom and fullness of joy that is only found in Jesus Christ, as He is the only way, the only truth, and the only life, the only way to the Father. He's the only name that brings salvation. That you would truly know the fullness of joy as you find hope in Him. The Gospel of Luke is a wonderful, detailed description breathed out by the Holy Spirit, placed in the canon of Scripture that you may come to believe and that you may be further established in your faith. And so that's what I pray this morning as we cover verses 12 through 16, the account of one leper being cleansed by Jesus. So let's begin by reading Luke chapter 5, verse 12. While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded For a proof to them. But now, even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. O Father, we thank you, Lord, that as we have this story before us of this man who sought you out to be healed of this infirmity. Lord, we know that this is not the ends. This is not anything other than the means to an end. For you desire that this healing, this cleansing, would be evidence of who Jesus Christ is, the Son of God, whom you sent to this earth, to die for our sins. And that by performing these miracles, that people would come to faith, that people would come to believe who He is, and would know salvation, the forgiveness of their sins. Lord, like leprosy, sin is more than skin deep. It cannot be remedied by physical rehabilitation. But Lord, there must be a cleansing that only comes, that can only come by the cleansing blood of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And so, Father, I ask that you would move amongst us, Lord, that you would stir our hearts, that you would help us to see your love for us. And Lord, that we would be 
as your people encouraged, and as those who have not surrendered their hearts to you, that today would be the day of salvation. Oh, Lord, that you would draw men unto yourself. That, Lord, today there would be a cry from this place. There would be a, a complete surrender of lives unto you, that they would find them in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so, Father, we commit this time into your hands. We ask your blessing, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the title of this morning's message is that you may believe. You know, this morning we are taking a look at and learning about the account of Jesus cleansing this leper that we read about. Now, up to this point, Jesus had already healed so many people. In fact, he had not only healed them of their infirmities, but he had also delivered people from demonic possession and oppression. Even, as we learned, Jesus healing the mother-in-law of Peter. But one of the questions that we ought to ask ourselves, and perhaps that would also relate to our individual lives is why? Why these stories? Why is it that we have these events to where we learn about Jesus performing these miracles of healing, of cleansing? What is the purpose of Jesus' actions? What is he desiring to accomplish by doing this? Specifically, in this case, the performing of healings. Those are questions that we ought to ask ourselves, ought to ask the Lord, why, Lord? Why am I going through this? What are you trying to show me? What am I supposed to do in this moment that will bring you glory? Because all things work together for God to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I've pointed this out before, but I believe it's something that goes beyond physical healings and something that should be repeated often. It's, it's more than just the physical healing. I know that we pray for that. But that is a means to an end. Sometimes the Lord brings us through certain circumstances and he delivers us from those things. But there are times you know, when he allows us to go into the lion's den. There are times when he allows us to go into the fiery furnace. And yet he is with us. And it serves his purpose and his glory every time. Because I believe it's something we ought to understand about God and know the purpose of why he shows mercy at certain times and even graces us with his favor. Whether God restores our health, assists us in our work and finances, restores relationships, reconciles marriages, delivers us from addictions, or anything else. If we are coming to God just for those things, rest assured that when he fixes those things, you will be gone. Because he serves as your genie. He serves perhaps as your good luck charm. 
and nothing more. And what we need to understand is as we read this event, this specific situation, that it wasn't the cleansing of this leper that Jesus intended to be the end of the story for this leper or for anyone else that's observing this, who's witnessing this take place. There's more than that. How does he do that? What is the purpose? You know, I'm glad John wrote the answer to this question. In John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, he says, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That's the good news. You see, the things that we are allowed to go through, and sometimes when, if you count your blessings, if you look back at what the Lord's done for you in those moments, what he desires is that you simply acknowledge him. That's it. Acknowledge who he is. Trust in his name. Surrender to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And know a hope that no one else can can give you except for him alone. That's what he desires for you in that. At the time you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, who died for your sins and paid in full for them with his shed blood. In that moment, you are compelled immediately to cry out to him in humility and gratitude for the grace that he has offered you. I remember the moment when I realized that. Oh, he has been gracious toward me. He desires to forgive me of my sins. I remember in that moment, I didn't know anything but gratitude. I wanted to sing his praises. My heart was overwhelmed. There was a radical change in my life. No one had to tell me what I I needed to do. Spell it out for me as far as scripture was concerned. Why? Because the Spirit was then indwelling me. And I had this cry from my own heart, from my own soul, because it was brand new. It's in that moment that you will clearly understand supernaturally. Knowing He has forgiven you of the sin that separated you from the Father... And in that sin, you remain condemned to eternity in hell. The moment he delivers you from that, it doesn't matter what you're going through in life. You will be a changed person. You will possess that peace that surpasses all understanding. It will be evident. You will distinctly be a different creature altogether. The act of healing, restoring, reconciling, or deliverance is not to serve you in the sense that you therefore are given more time to be selfish, self-centered, and firmly fixed in your worldly ways to serve yourself and the world. It's not for that. But rather to see Jesus for who he is. Think about the leper. 
to know that he desires that you not perish eternally, eternally in your sin, but come to surrender your life to him, believing he is the only Savior who offers you the only way to the Father. To believe that Jesus is indeed the Son of God who shed his blood for the forgiveness of your sins. I was thinking, if I knew that I had one day to live, one more day, just a thought that came to my mind. And I had my family before me. I thought, you know what? I wouldn't be interested in anything other than making sure that they knew Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I wouldn't ask them what their plans were for tomorrow. I wouldn't ask them if they were happy with their successes in the world. I wouldn't be interested in anything other than making sure that they knew Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's it, period. That is Jesus' desire. In Luke chapter verses 43 and 44 Jesus said I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well for I was sent for this purpose and he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea it was in that moment that he went from the region of Galilee and he moved on into Judea south of Galilee well As we look at chapter 5 and continue on through this chapter, in verse 1 he gives us the account of one of the occasions, and now we see what took place while he was in one of the cities. In verse 17 it will go on to say, on one of those days, and in chapter 6 verse 1 it says, on a Sabbath while he was going through the grain fields. And so this gives us an account of the things that happened Surrounding Jesus, but helps us understand why it is that he did what he did at those moments, at those times. This one specifically is in the cleansing of a leper. Again, let's read it and take a look at what we have. Again, verse 12 says, While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face And begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. We see a man who had leprosy, which we know as far as going through scripture, it's not something that we commonly see today. But we know it's a skin disease. It's an outward decay of the skin. This man, as it's described here, was not just leprous. In other words, he didn't have a mild case of leprosy, but it's described. This is a medical term that is being used here. He was full of leprosy. Full. Overwhelmed. 
infected to the core. Leprosy is a disease that causes severe disfiguring skin sores, but also goes deeper. It causes nerve damage throughout the body and in severe cases may lead to the loss of fingers, the loss of toes. It could lead to the loss of your nose and eventually the caving in of your eyes and death. It's a living death that takes place. Leprosy itself is mentioned about 40 times in the Bible. In Leviticus chapters 13 and 14 addresses how to handle leprosy. Leprosy was a disease that would prohibit the person affected to draw from drawing near to God at the temple, from worshiping Him, having communion with God's people, being together with everyone else. He was an outcast. He would be separate from the people and the worship of God. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 6, Isaiah uses leprosy as a picture of sin. Like leprosy, sin is more than just skin deep. Although, like I said in my prayer, we sometimes try to rehabilitate the flesh by doing certain things that would perhaps make us feel better and yet not deal with the root of the problem in our lives. That's why perhaps maybe we are inconsistent because we really haven't allowed the Lord to deal with the root problem. That is the sin that we have not confessed to the Lord. Leprosy cannot be treated with surface measures. Like leprosy, sin spreads and it defiles the whole body. Like leprosy, symptoms may appear on the surface, but the infection is throughout the whole body. Leprosy would isolate the person to outside the camp and the person would be considered actually dead. And the only thing it was waiting for was fire. Both the body and garments. Such, a person, such as the person who remains uncleansed in their sin. Without coming to Jesus, there is simply no hope but rather their destination is a lake of fire, eternal fires known in hell. And so as we think about this, we understand that this man at this point is, is in such a state of desperation that he comes to Jesus to heal him. He is willing to break the law. The Mosaic law, he's willing to break it. Drawing near to the Lord. Drawing near to the people that are pressing in around Jesus. The way this man approached Jesus and what he said to him reflects the heart of a man who completely submitted himself and recognized the sovereignty of Jesus. You see, as he came to Jesus, he first addressed him as Lord. Secondly, as he was doing that, he submitted himself to Jesus' authority as he acknowledged Jesus' power to cleanse him. 
This man desired to be cleansed, and he knew that Jesus was able to cleanse him. But rather than demand, he didn't come, and he wasn't demanding. He, in fact, he didn't even bring himself to being able to, to ask for, to request a healing. In this moment, if you consider this, what he said, he's, he said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. What he was doing is he was surrendering his will to Jesus' will. Regarding him as Lord and threw himself at Jesus' mercy. Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. This man believed that if Jesus willed to make him clean, then he would indeed be cleansed. He would be clean. But again, he gave himself to the will of the Lord, if you will. Our prayers should be conditioned by the same phrase, the same spirit, the same desire as we willingly subject ourselves to the will of the Lord. As Jesus served as our perfect example. Not my will be done, but yours. As he prayed to the Father. Our prayers should always be conditioned by this Lord. If you will. Jesus willed. As Jesus spoke these words, he stretched out his hand to touch the span. This all happened all at the same time. Now, I imagine at this very moment, as they realized, the people around Jesus, that this man was leprous. You could just imagine that the people would recoil, draw back from the very presence of Jesus and this man. Perhaps disgusted. Like, gasping, like, what is going on here? Why is he even here? Eyes wide open as they were probably shocked that a man full of leprosy would dare to come so close and now is even being touched by Jesus? See, according to the law, everyone was to maintain a minimum distance from the leper, from a leper of six feet. Minimum. Six feet. If... You were downwind from the leprous person. It was 150 feet. So the question is, when you consider this, what did Jesus do? He, he touched him, right? Leviticus 13 and 14 actually prohibits anyone from touching a leper. So let me ask you this. Did Jesus break the law by touching this man? G. Campbell Morgan believes that Jesus never touched an unclean man. But rather, that he was cleansed in a flash. 
the moment Jesus said, because this, the way it's described in the original language, it's all coming together at the same time. He didn't, he didn't touch him and then say it. He didn't say it and then touch him. As he was reaching out to touch this leprous man, he said, I will be clean. All at the same time. G. Campbell Morgan believes that as he was stretching out his hand to touch this man, he was cleansed before he even touched him. Consider these things. I ask that question. It's an important question for us to consider. Warren Wearsby, on the other hand, believes that this was an example of Jesus becoming sin for us, becoming himself unclean. And he references 1 Peter 2.24, 2 Corinthians 5.21, but also that he's able to sin, uh, save according to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, and that he can save immediately. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. Now, as I consider these things and know Scripture, I believe G. Campbell Morgan is accurate in his assessment because although Jesus took upon himself our sin, where did he do that? On the cross. Did he not? So I believe those references that I listed, 1 Peter 2.24, 2 Corinthians 5.21... Hebrews 7.25 and 2 Corinthians 6.2 was because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ upon the cross because it's in that moment that he took upon himself the sin of the world. He did it on the cross. We know that Jesus is the unblemished Lamb of God. According to Hebrews 4.15, he was tempted as you and I, and yet was what? Without sin. Consider these things. He's able to save us by his atoning blood that he shed on our behalf, according to Hebrews 9.22. This is what G. Campbell Morgan said, quote, there's an old question, and there has been a good deal of debate concerning it. It has been said, when the Lord touched the leper, he broke the Mosaic law. The Mosaic law demanded that no leper should be touched. I give it to you as my profound conviction that he did not break the law, that law, and that he did not touch the leper. He touched a cleansed man. Word and work synchronizing, I will. And as soon as the I will was across the lips of Jesus, his cleansing power had operated. And as I read it, he touched him to show that he was clean. I will be thou made, made clean. And the touch demonstrated the cleanness because Jesus did not break a yod or a tittle of the law of Moses. Close quote. But he came to fulfill it. Correct? Isaiah 53, verses 10 and 11 says, Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He, was put, he has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. 
Out of anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Jesus actually fulfilled the law. He didn't break the law. That, that would be sin, correct? So if we believe he was sinless, then how can we say he broke the law and still remain sinless? You understand the logic there, right? Therefore, we need to look in the, to the entirety of Scripture. No, Jesus fulfilled the law. Jesus then told this man, even now as we read through, to go present himself to the priests and make an offering according to Leviticus 13 and 14. According to the law of Moses. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priests and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. This man knew it very well. Those around him knew very well. Again, I take you back to the crowd that was witnessing all of this. They looked at this, and I'm sure they, they were beyond amazement. If they were breathless before, they certainly are breathless now. They can't believe the change of this man being completely cleansed. You know, when it was a couple weeks ago that um, I remember seeing a woman that had a skin disease. Now, I was coming out of a little area, and, and as I was coming out, she was coming in. And you can't help but, but look, you're like, wow. You know, and I, I mean, hopefully I didn't show that, but it was just evident. Her, her face was completely disfigured. There was not an area on her face that was not lumpy. It was, it was just filled. Can you imagine something... Like someone like that coming to Jesus, asking for a cleansing or acknowledging his power to do something like that. And for all of us witnessing that, someone comes up to the front, here Jesus is. And in the moment just like that, we hear Jesus say, I will be clean. Completely completely cleansed. She turns around. She's got brand new skin. It's actually what took place. That's what happened in this moment. Now he sent this man off to present himself to the priest. Go, go present yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifice as the law requires, according to Leviticus. You see, the clean man was a testimony of Jesus' power. The cleansing itself was a witness of who Jesus is. Again, Jesus was not and is not a means to an end, but rather the healing was a means to an end of believing who Jesus is. The healing was meant to bring people to salvation by believing in Jesus. You see, the ceremony of the healed man from leprosy included 
a sacrifice, and also a cleansing with running water. What a beautiful symbol of what we know in salvation. The sacrifice of our Savior and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Delivering us from our sin and sealing us for the day of redemption. Well, at this moment, people were beginning to understand. You see, the report that was spoken of about Jesus spread even more and farther. And more people came to hear him teach and to see him heal. The word used for the report as it went out means that it was no longer regarded as a rumor. It was no longer just a disturbance that they would consider a disturbance among the people. But it's actually the word logos. An intellectual appreciation. The people were beginning to understand. The healings and the teachings were all coming together. I pray would happen within our own hearts. As you subject yourself, submit yourself to the authority of God's word, as you study God's word, that both his word and the things that he does in your life both come together and gives you an understanding of who he is and what he desires. When Jesus healed this man and as he was sending him away, Jesus did something that we would think is interesting. He doesn't tell, say, say that to us, but he tells this man, tell no one. Tell no one. But go show himself to the priest and make an offering for his cleansing. Now, here in Luke, it doesn't, we don't see here whether he did go and tell anyone else. But in Mark, we do know. Well, he didn't listen. He didn't listen to Jesus. He, he went and told people. But so did everyone else. Everyone else that was there that had witnessed what took place went and told everybody. They did not hold back. Because from what we see here, testimony of Jesus was spreading everywhere, which caused many people to gather to hear Jesus teach and have their illnesses healed. Verse 16, though, it says, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Jesus sent the leper away, but he, he left. He himself left. He left the people. He had taught. He had healed. Then he went away. Went to a solitary place where he spent time praying. Now again, words are important. The word used for pray here is actually the word that is known as engaging in worship. You see, prayer is much more. It should involve abundantly more than just requesting things. Giving giving God a list of requests. This is what I need. He knows before you even ask. He knows. 
What he's interested is in, in your heart. He's interested in whether your heart's in alignment with his. You desire the things he desires. He desires above all that you would come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Therefore, being able to worship God without any reservation and truly as his son or daughter. And so Jesus, again, being our perfect example, he went off to a solitary place. He just worshiped, spent time with the Father. It's a, it's a beautiful time of intimacy, of communion with the Father. Quote that I read by A.W. Tozer in regards to worship. You know, many times we, we actually compare ourselves to each other. Uh, we're so concerned about what someone else is doing or not doing. Not that we are not to be our brother's keeper. Not that we are not supposed to keep each other accountable and all of those things. But yet, what we do is we, we, uh, we lower our standards personally. And then we allow that to affect us and our worship of God. Our love of him is not expressed the way it should be. Our opinions cloud our praise of him. A.W. Tozer said this, quote, Has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos, all tuned to the same fork, are automatically tuned to each other? They are of one accord by being tuned not to each other, but to another standard to which each one must individually bow. So 100 worshipers meeting together, each one looking away to Christ, are in heart nearer to each other than they could possibly be were they to become, quote-unquote, unity conscious and turn their eyes away from God to strive for closer fellowship. Close quote. We all tuned in. Are our hearts tuned in to one? As we do that, we as a, as a fellowship of believers will be drawn to each other. We'll be closer than we've ever been before. Because it's one standard, one spirit. Ephesians 4, 5. Take a look at Ephesians 4, 5. One salvation, one baptism. I'm going to close with this. Some questions. Some references to Scripture. First of all, are you desperate for Jesus' cleansing? I'm not asking you if you've come to salvation before, if you've surrendered your life to Christ. I'm not asking you that. I'm asking... If you may even consider, perhaps consider, that you are in desperate need of a cleansing. Acts 4.12 says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. 
John 14, 6, says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Some of you, like right now, listen, tomorrow is not promised. May today be the day of salvation for you. Are you desperate for Jesus' cleansing? Secondly, do you desire to be cleansed of your sin? Romans 3.10 says, None is righteous, no, not one. All of us come to the same knowledge of Jesus Christ the same way. We acknowledge that we have fallen short. As it says, none is righteous, no, not one. We say amen. We agree. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. John 3.18 says, Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned, because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Lastly, will you surrender your life to Jesus? There might be a resurrender, a recommitment, and that is necessary this morning. that you allow nothing to hold you back. Romans 10. Verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved for with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved for the scripture says everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord is Lord of all bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Matthew 10, 32 and 33 says this. These are Jesus' words as he says, So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. This is truth. This is not an option. This is an acknowledgement of God's word, of his sovereignty, his authority. These words are true and they're filled with his love. Because he desires that none should perish, but that all reach repentance. In other words, everyone can come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Every single one. And yet he knows at the same time, pride will get in the way. God desires that no one perish. But that every single person humble themselves. 
pray that this morning you will humble yourselves. That we would confess our sins. That we would turn from them. And run into the grace of God that he offers through Jesus Christ. The forgiveness of sins. That we would know eternal joy in his presence. Will you do that this morning? It is a public declaration. I'm going to ask you to do that this morning. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And as they do, I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to ask uh, Stephen and Modesto to come up. And perhaps, sir, and I pray, there are too many of you that, that just stand to your feet. This is a public declaration. I'm asking you to do that. As your pastor, if you need to do that, if you need to humble yourself and confess and repent, it's not to us. We're just here to just pray with you. Please do not hesitate to do that. I know there are issues in your own hearts that you need to deal with between you and the Lord. Things of the flesh. Things that perhaps you are doing that you need to turn from. Anger, bitterness, resentment, grudges. All of those things today may, may begin right here, right now. Because when we do that, when we are right before the Lord, then when, when, we, when we go and we invite others, we present the gospel to them, oh, God will, will open up those doors and, and he'll give you that opportunity to bring them in. Why? Because he knows that he's, they're going to be brought into this fellowship to where by the love that you have for one another, they will know that you are the disciples of Jesus Christ and you bring, bring him glory. You will be able to disciple them, to lead them, because you are leading from the front. You are yourself right before the Lord. I also pray that there would be an outpouring of God's spirit this morning. That for anyone who has not surrendered, you have not surrendered your heart to the Lord. You, you believe in him, even the demons uh, believe and tremble. So it's, it's not a matter of believing, it's a matter of surrendering completely to the Lord. All of these, these things that we're seeing here are a means to an end of coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Have you done that? Because John 21, 25 says, Now there are also many other things that Jesus did, were every one of them written. I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. It's all for you. It's all that you would come to know and confess that Jesus is Lord. I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to ask just before the worship even starts, you get to your feet and you just come up. Whether we pray with you or not, it's just a public declaration. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. 
I need to recommit. I need to repent of something. I need to just stand before the Lord and confess him. And for those of you who do not know him as Lord and Savior, may today be the day of salvation for you. Stand to your feet and make a public declaration of your trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this time. I ask once again that you would stir in the hearts of every single person that if there is something that is wrong, something that needs to be confessed to you and repented of, Lord, that today, this very moment, be the day in which you're doing it, Lord, that you would cleanse us, Lord, just like this leper, Lord. He was, this, this man was desperate. May we be desperate for you. Not insisting on our own will, but simply coming to you and acknowledging your power and authority. If you will, Lord, you can cleanse me. Father, I pray for an outpouring of your spirit and there would be deep cleansing this morning. There would be salvation known this morning. Lord, people would be compelled you publicly.